world seems to be going crazy. Okay, just I see that. The rest of you are just sitting back, having a good time. Like, you know, I, I look at the news, I look at social media, and I'm like, the world is unsettled. And uh, at the end of the day, the world is looking for answers. It is hurting, and they need a saviour. You know, it, it doesn't take a genius to look and know, whoa, what's going on? And so this morning, I want to share for a moment. Why? Because I think I've got the answer. I think the answer is sitting right in this room. I think you are the answer. We are the answer. The local church is the hope of the world. You and I are the answer to bring revival, to bring hope to a generation that has no hope. Do you believe that? No, no. Do you believe that? And somewhere I think the church has forgotten, has fallen asleep. And if we're going to see change, then it needs the church to arise. It needs the church to actually answer the call when God puts out the call. It means you and I need to actually say yes. Well, you know, Isaiah chapter 6, some of us know the story where he's there in that moment, where he's there with the angels, and then there's this question that is put to him. In Isaiah 6, verse 8, it says, Who will go for us? God's asking, who's going to go for us? Who's going to go and share the good news? Who's going to go and preach the gospel? And he says to, his answer is this, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. I believe... Some of us need to actually man up. Some of us need to actually commit. You know, there's a lot of us that when we're asked a question, we're like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to go and pray about it. I don't know if God wants me to do it. I'm just going to go and pray about it. Who hates that? <laughs> Who's got a friend that always says, i just got to go and pray about it. I've just got to go and seek the Lord. No, you don't. Just say no. Honestly, it's the polite Christian way of saying, I don't really want to do that, and I'm too good. <laughs> A little bit quiet here. But you know what it's like? It's like, yeah, I, I just got to go and pray. No, you don't. You just got to say yes, or you just got to say no. You read the scripture, it says, let your no be a no, or your yes be a yes. I reckon we would solve all the problems in the, in the church, all the problems in the world, if we just had a yes and no situations. Oh, no, I just got to go and pray. Just say no, it's okay. I'm okay with no's. I'm better with your no than with, I've just got to pray about it. But there is a power when we say yes to the call of God upon our life. There is a power when we say yes to God when he speaks. You know, the power of our yes. You know, Jesus came into the world in the darkest of night because a teenage girl said yes. Do you realize that? Because a teenage girl said yes. The light of hope was unleashed because a teenage girl said yes. It was ushered in straight away. You know, not when times were easy and when times were bright. 
It wasn't like, you know what, it's just not the right season. I just can't do it. I've just got to wait till this season's over. No, no, she didn't wait for a season to be over. It was in a time where there was struggle, where there was unrest, where there was weariness, where many people felt unsettled. Doesn't it sound like today? Where many people felt unsettled. Here's this little girl, this teenage girl. At around the age of 14, an angel visits her. A teenage girl in this moment of unrest was called to help God bring the answer to all humanity. She was invited to answer the prayers of others who have cried out for God's help. You know, right now, there is a generation crying out for help. There is a generation just crying out, saying, help, we need help, we need saving, we need an answer. And you know, friend, that answer, God that sends is normally you and I. What I find throughout history, the only thing that God limits himself with is using humanity, is using individuals. You can read through the scriptures and you'll find time and time again where men and women who weren't perfect said yes to the call of God. Moses, you know, he had a stutter. He had blood on his hands and God said, you know what, you'll do perfectly. He didn't wait for Moses to get right. He doesn't wait for us to get right. He goes, you know what? You're right. Let's do it. Oh, no, I've just got to wait. I've just got to wait for this season. He's like, no, no, I'm asking you now. I'm asking you now. Jonah, (laughs) go to Nineveh. Go and share the gospel. Tell them to repent. What's Nona? Jonah goes, hey, no. God, I I don't think I can really do that. I'm not the man. He goes down, hires a ship, and and we know the story. Three days later, in the belly of a whale or in a fish, he's like, oh, I think I've changed my mind now, God. I'll go. (laughs) Some of us are like that. But here we are in this moment, in this time, in this place where a world is crying out, waiting for an answer. You know, Mary's yes changed the generations to come and the world we live in today. She wasn't just invited to pray. She was invited to bring the solution. Friend, it's great that we come and pray, but it's even better when we go and we become the solution. Where the church arises and becomes the hope of the world. Unfortunately, what's taken place, as Christians, we've separated our our faith from our work life. We've separated our faith from our education, our faith from... And it's where the world says, you know what, you keep your faith private. You know, the last time I checked, I lived in this world too. And so for each and every one of us, we're called to arise and where God places us we're called to influence it for good and for God. Friend, we need more Christians in health. 
We need more Christians in politics. We need more Christians in public service, organising policy, writing policy. We need more Christians arising where the church arises so that we can influence a nation. Instead of sitting back in our little corner and going, she'll be right. The church isn't just about a pulpit, isn't just about a stage. It's about Christians living in the world, influencing the world. It's about you and I, and not Bible bashing, but being in the right places where we can influence the right decisions. The church is called, you and I are called to bring the solution. Each and every one of us today here are invited to bring the solution of healing to a hurting world. That's what we're here to do. That's our cause, is to share the love of Christ, to show the love of Christ, to declare the love of Christ. In Luke 1, 30 to 30, 38, you can read this during the week if you want, but it's the story of Mary at this time where the angel Gabriel came to see her and he says to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Friend, today, you've found favor with God. The reason you're sitting here today, the reason you have a relationship with God, why? Because he favors you. But in turn, he favors every one of us, but then he waits for us to say yes. He extends the invitation. He always chooses you, but then he leaves it up to us to choose him. That's the power of choice. That's grace. That's a merciful God. You know, friend, today we have choices. He lets us live by choices. He lets us choose. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall name him Jesus. What would you do? If a random angel showed up in your room and said, hey, listen, you're not married, you're about to be, but you're going to carry the saviour of the world. You're going to be pregnant. What would you do? For most of us, you'd freak out. You'd be like, hey, listen, this is the wrong season. Hey, Gabriel, I think God got it wrong. We're supposed to get married first, then we're supposed to have kids. But he's like, no, no, no this, this is how we're doing it. And he makes the statement. He says, for with God, nothing is impossible. Because she's asking the questions. I haven't even slept with a man. I haven't even known a man. But then she, her response is this. She says, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. A young woman with a willing heart said yes. We need to have a willing heart. Her yes changed the world. Her yes changed the world. You know what I find interesting? Women are quick to say yes. Have you noticed that in life? I don't know, in our relationship, Carolina says yes really quick to a lot of things. 
She says yes, and sometimes I'm like, you said yes to what? <laughs> Has anyone been there? Anyone feeling me right now, guys? You said, and it's like, I don't even want to do that. I don't even want to, like, she'll commit me to something that I'm like, man, I know I'm good, but I'm not that good. It's like, yeah, Sam will go and help you move on the weekend. He'll bring a couple of boys over. There'll be a trailer and they'll do it in two hours. I say yes. I'm like, you said yes to what? Like, honestly, she says yes and doesn't even show up until lunchtime and she brings the platter and she's the saviour of the world and we're just the ones doing all the work. That's how it works in a relationship. But the awesome thing is, sometimes we need wives to say yes to actually get us off the couch. Did I just say that? We can delete that later. Anyway. But there's those moments of just saying yes. You know, we need to be there. We need not to be reluctant in those moments. Mary's yes changed the world. It affected generations to come. I love what Richard Branson said. He said, if someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure you can do it, say yes, then learn how to do it later. Now, there are some things that I go, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. And I say yes. And there are some things I go home and I go, hey, babe, this is what I've said yes to. Like, at the moment, for Sunday night, for Father's Day, we wanted a pool table. And I said, yes, I can do that. Because once a fortnight, I'm at home, doing nothing, recovering. And I'm like, I'm a bit bored, let's do it. So I brought one for 50 bucks on eBay. And she's like, why'd you do that? You don't know how to do that. I said, but I'm saying yes. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's going to be a yes. But you just learn. You just go, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. You're going to try it. And that's what I find with God. Some things are like, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm just going to say yes anyway. And what I find is that God goes before you and opens the doors. My first point this morning is this. It breaks the survival mentality. Live in revival, not survival. Live in revival not survival. You know, during our formative years, we're exposed to no because it depends on our survival. Have you realize that? As a young kid, how many times did you hear the word no? No, don't touch the stove. No, don't put the fork in the PowerPoint. No, don't, 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 no, don't run out on the road. Don't chase the ball. No, 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 no. How many, how many remember those moments? Hey, don't climb up that tree. No, you'll break an arm. You know what? And then all of a sudden, they're bubble wrapped and they haven't lived. And stats would say that by the time we reach adulthood, we've heard no repeated to ourselves over 5,000 or 50,000 times compared to the word yes, which we've heard around 7,000 times. And so somewhere... We wonder why self-criticism weaves its way into our psychic. Because all of a sudden we've heard no. 
And, and so when we come to doing things in our life, we, we tend to pull back because of our comp, because of our, our no of going, you know what, we might lose this, we might do that. It, we come back into a safety net. You know, it becomes embedded into our subconscious and we cease actually taking risks. You know, the best thing you can do is take risks. The best thing you can do is let your kids take risks. Why? Because then you get a good laugh afterwards. <laughs> like, I remember running youth ministry for, I don't know, nearly, I don't know, a decade. But I remember Dan Myhill in the youth ministry. And I remember I used to love getting motorbikes and things like that for the kids to ride. You can't do that these days. It's unbelievable. But I remember once we had a go-kart and there was one for down the hill and whatnot. And I remember the time he got in it and he went down and then he broke his leg. Six weeks, he was out. You know what? I laughed so hard. (laughs) I got such a good memory out of it. He got such a good memory out of it. And to this day, we still laugh. But there comes those moments where we've just got to step out. And you know what? It might be, but it'll be fun. Now I look at my own kids climbing up trees, and I'm like, oh, don't go too Don't, oh. Just go for it. I'll deal with the consequences later and your mum. But you know, those moments... But we need to be that where we need to be in a revival mode, not just a, a survival mode. Playing it safe diminishes living a full, a fulfilled life and it blocks opportunities. It actually blocks opportunities. The power of our yes breaks the survival mentality so that we can step into the realm that God wants us to live. Right now, what are those opportunities that are coming your way? where you can step into the realm where God wants you to live. Those ones, those opportunities that come by and for a while you've been shy from it, you've been pulling away, but, but friend, today, maybe those opportunities is where God wants you to step into the realm of breaking the survival mentality, the mentality of lack, the mentality of, you know, this is all I'm called to be, this is or where I am called. You know, for some of us, we just go, this is where I am in life. This is where my family's been. You know, friend, we live in kingdom purposes. We live under a kingdom realm. We are children of the Most High God. And He wants you to live in prosperity. He wants you to live in faith. He wants you to live where you can influence those around you. And so sometimes we just need to step into those opportunities to break some of the mentalities that have been built over time that restrict us from moving into what God has for our lives. And for some of you, you're like, whoa, friend, I have to preach to myself like this all the time because I want to make sure that I'm not diminishing the call that God has upon my own life. And so every one of us should reassess. Every one of us should come to this time. We need to be in a place where we live in Revival, not survival. If we're going to bring heaven to earth, we need to be in that place. The second thing is it makes room for a miracle. She made room for a miracle. 
By saying yes, we invite possibility into our lives and the ability to learn what our God is capable of doing through us. If you want to know what God is capable of doing through you, step out. Say yes. Don't put it off. Move into that realm. A virgin birth, I think right there was a miracle. It was a miracle. Martin Luther, a figure of the reform movement in the 16th century, said this, a virgin conception was God's greatest miracle in Mary's life. The fact that her faith in God was perhaps her greatest miracle of all. Our faith in God is perhaps our greatest miracle of all. Why? Because it says we trust Him. Because it says, God, you, you are my Lord and Saviour. Because when we ask Christ into our heart, it's like, God, I invite you in our heart. But, you know, I, we always say, do you invite Him as Lord and Saviour? Because if He's Lord, then He rules. If He's Lord, then we have no hesitation in obeying. We have no hesitation in saying, yes, Lord. But for some of us, we've accepted him as our saviour, but we haven't accepted him as our Lord. Because we actually don't want to give over everything. Lord God, you can have my heart, but you can't have my life. And so it's just that moment, that mentality of breaking and moving in to the miracle that God has for your life. God, I'm about to get married. She, she had all the excuses in the world. I'm about to get married. It's not the perfect timing. Most organize a baby before a wedding. Mary's willingness to submit and empty herself of her rights to, of her own body yielded the greatest miracle in all of humanity. Yielding herself of all her rights. That's what she did. My body, my choice. But she had to choose to give it over to him. He left the choice up to her. And this is what I love about our God, is that he leaves it up to us to choose. That's grace. That's mercy. That each and every one of us has the ability to choose. You know, in the world that we live in right now, we have the ability to choose. You have the ability to choose. And this is where we need to come back to this place, is that we have the ability to choose in every area of our life. What do you choose? Do you choose life or do you choose death? Do you choose the call or do you choose to live a comfy life? Do you choose to say yes when he says, hey, who will go? Why? Because in that moment, it makes room for the greatest miracle. In that moment, it makes room for you to bring the solution to humanity that it is crying out for right now. Right now, the world is crying out. Crying out. The supernatural starts with a yes. It makes room for the miracle. And the last thing is, is this is that when we do it, when we step into our God-given future, we can live. We can live. We can live. We can live again. 
we can come to a place where we can truly live on the edge and see God move through us and in us. Why are we here if we're not to, why are we here if we're not living the fullest version of ourselves? We are called to live the fullest version of ourselves. When God gives you an option of saying yes, it means he believes in you and together you will achieve his purposes. You will achieve his purposes. You and I will achieve his purposes. And his purpose is to bring hope to humanity. His purpose is this, is that the church will arise. Is that you and I will arise with the gifts that he's given each and every one of us individually. And that we would influence, that we would be a light, that we would be a voice into culture, into this world. But friend, it takes us to say yes. You have a choice. You have a choice. And I know what I choose. I choose yes. Sometimes we're willing or we're waiting on God for the yes. But friend, today I want to tell you this. He's waiting on you for the yes. He's already chosen you. He already believes in you. But he's just waiting. 2 Corinthians 1, 19 to 21. Talks about a yes and a no. Talks about our yes being affirmed by God to be a yes in Him. What I love about this scripture, it talks about that it's about uh, all the answers are in Him which is a yes, so that through him we can say amen to the glory of God. In other words, he's saying this, he's saying, hey, listen, you know what? It's a yes and an amen. Is it if I've asked you to do it, it's already going to be done. It's a yes and an amen. If I've asked you to step out in faith, you can step out with the confidence that I'm asking you and, and yes, it will succeed and yes, you will be developed and yes, it will be tough and yes, you'll have to rely on me and yes, there'll be times in the 11th hour you'll be wondering what the heck is going on but I'm still with you and it is an amen. A yes and an amen. Friend, God has already given you that. The word itself is like empowering and inviting. It's empowering and saying, here it is. When we say yes, we do more, we create more, we live more. You do more, you create more, you live more. That's what happens when you say yes to God and to his purposes.
I never want to end the end of my life with, I should have said yes. I should have done this. I, I should have done that. I should have taken that opportunity. I wish I had stepped out in that area more. No, friend. Live a life with no regrets. Live a life with faith. Live a life that says yes to the call, to the purposes that God has for you. Don't. Because at the end of the day, regret is the biggest risk of all. Regret is the biggest risk of all. Will you say yes and amen? The supernatural starts with a yes. Let's see revival, not survival. Let's make room for a miracle. And let's live our life to the fullest God has called us to live. If you never take risks, and I love C.S. Lewis, he makes this quote, he says, if you never take risks, you'll never accomplish great things. Everybody dies, but not everyone has lived. Friend, as a church, we're called to live. You and I are called to live a big life. So my question today is, have you said yes? Not just to Jesus as Lord and Saviour, but have you said yes to the call and purposes that he has for your life? Because if you say no, if you sit back and just... The world misses out. Because when I say no, my wife misses out, my family misses out, my friends miss out, and those around me miss out. But when I say yes... I step into the opportunities. I step into the blessing and favour and purpose. And as I step into those blessings and favour and purpose, you know what? The rest of my family steps into that favour, blessing and purpose. Those around me step into that blessing and it overflows on those. So friend, at the end of the day, whether you live your life or not, it affects those around you. It impacts those around you. Today, how's your yes? How is your yes?